0: And welcome to another edition of LGBT in the ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here once again, ringing in the new year on the Outsports Radio Network. It's our first show of 2020, um, and I am super excited uh, to be bringing the show into a new year. And let me tell you, we are showing no signs of slowing down here in the new year. Um although today's episode is gonna be a little bit different. Um you know, I announced on, on Twitter that we didn't really have we didn't have a guest this week, but um that was before I sat down with uh two previous guests on this show, Billy Dixon and Lola McGrath. Of course Lola was on uh, last week's episode talking about you know their experiences in pro wrestling, um, along with Birch vs. Gore, and being able to work with Billy on that show and being given control of that show, something unprecedented um, to date. And you know Billy was on the show one of the one of the first episodes of the show, uh, talking about his experience um, as a gay black wrestler in the industry and and just a lot of topics that kind of supersede pro wrestling and just kind of move into society as a whole. So, you know, with the announcement that Billy was going to be working with Lolo on that show, I wanted to sit down with both of them together and kind of talk to them about it. And like that conversation turned into something that was honestly deserved to be on the show. Again, so I I I am very happy to have two two-time guests on the show, um, and continue the conversation that that Lolo and I had um, into into this week. But that's not all we have because I'm still doing what I had planned before um, I spoke with Billy and Lolo. That is something that is very exciting to me. As a wrestling fan who grew up in the age of, or at least maybe like the the last vestiges really of the, um, after mag era, the PWI 500 and all that good stuff, which I know is still out there. It's still they, the PWI 500 and the PWI 100 for women's wrestling still come out every year, but, um, those rankings were fairly like seminal, I would say for decades, um, and still carries some weight here, even in in the modern era of pro wrestling. But I wanted to, you know, take it maybe one step further from PWI. So we're doing the QWI twenty five today. The twenty five best queer wrestlers of twenty nineteen. And I'm going to run through that list. There's, no, It's not ranked. I'll go ahead and say that right now. I don't really like ranking lists like that. Especially whenever you have all these talents that are so good and had such great years in different ways that there's really no way to rank them per se. But these are the the twenty five best that that I put together that I feel are the twenty five best. And I am super excited to to run through that list after we get done speaking with Billy and Lola. So we'll go to that here real quick. We'll come back and we'll run through LGBT in the rings first ever QWI twenty five for twenty nineteen. Billy Lolo, thank you so much for taking the time out of your holiday here to join me. Um, I guess my first question regarding Butch versus Gore. Um, Why well, I should I should t- dial it back just a second because y'all technically have titles at the moment, Queer Manders in Chief, um, <laughs> all over that. That's awesome. Um, how does it? How That's does it make belly. you? The, oh really that was that a billy thing
1: yeah that was a, indeed a billy thing yeah that was a <laughs> request by billy <laughs>
2: yeah. a little bit of sativa and creativity goes a long way you know i got
1: you
0: nothing wrong with it i like that we're already like once you are getting control of of the show you're already throwing it out there i like it there you go exactly yeah. yes um so i guess the first thing in regards to butchers is gore um How does it feel to have a, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, straight uh, promoter feel like they like have the have the foresight to allow two queer people that work with them at Primetime Pro Wrestling uh, to allow them to have control over a queer focus show?
1: Um, I'm actually I'm going to start this one out and then turn it over to Billy because this is something that has been in an act not not in action but kind of in the works since you know before we had even approached billy so that might be a really good place to give you like just sort of the sort of the full context of what was happening um yeah. but you know like i know that in my interview a few weeks ago i talked a lot about how i became a really big fan of billy dixon so i knew that billy was somebody who i really wanted to work with for a long time but um you know in a promotion there's it doesn't always feel like there's a ton of opportunity just to like randomly work creatively with somebody. Um, and so that was something I, I really thought I was gonna have to put on the back burner for a while. But um, you know, there was a lot of discussion last year during Pride season in regards to promotions that, you know, would like change their their profile icon, their avatar, whatever, to a rainbow for, you know, the month of June and maybe book a few random queer people on their show and be like oh yeah yeah this is a this is our pride show we did a whole thing isn't this uh this is pretty fucking spectacular huh it's like yeah yeah cool for the month of june um and you know that's something that we see not just in wrestling world but we see it in the mainstream right like how many corporations do you guys know that we'll throw a rainbow flag over their branding for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is a, it's a much, it's a bigger world issue that kind of got trunked down into wrestling world. And so, you know, I knew, if, especially after, I know people were, were talking a lot after Effie's promo at the end of Pride Month about like, okay, well, we get our crumbs during June and that's it. And that's, that's when I thought like, okay, well, obviously we need to, if we're going to do a Pride show, which I absolutely would like to do, we're going to do it at some completely random time of year. Um, and so that's, you know, we landed on March because we already knew that there was going to be a show. And, um, you know, Gator said a few times that he had some familiarity with the queer wrestling scene, but he is, as the three of us know, there's not a ton of highlights put on these, on these folks as, as there should be. And um, I just asked, I, I just asked him kind of out of the blue, like, do, do you mind if I reach out to, to Billy Dixon about working on this project? And at first I thought this was just going to be like, okay, well, you know, I have no idea what we're what we're in for because we had just started Primetime Pro at, around this time. Like we'd only run three or four shows. So I didn't even know how our year was going to wrap up as a brand, much less if this was going to be a thing or have any kind of relevance at all. Um, and yeah, that's when I, that's when I reached out to Billy and through just a few introductory responses we had about Butch versus Gore, it became very, very apparent to me that like, Billy's not just a wrestling mind. Like you've, you've got, you've got that streak of, of producing genius. So, um, that's, it it wasn't until we all started really working together that I went, holy shit, this is really going to be a thing. Um, and not just a thing, but something that um, is gonna—it's gonna make a lot of news. It's gonna get people talking. And yeah, Gator from the start was just kind of like, I don't understand this world as in the same way that y'all do. So I've got the checkbook, and you just tell me what to do. And it's—it's it's very flattering. It's—it's it's very flattering, and it's frustrating at the same time because more people should be doing it, and not a lot of folks want to take that chance. So, Billy, I want to turn it over to you because I kind of gave the background there.
2: So yeah, um, for me, like uh, getting that that, that message was really like humbling because it was just like, you know, I think when we talk about like the queer representation conversation, it like hovers around three to five people. And I'm not (laughs) one of those people. And, 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 and for some of those people, they are very entrenched in like, and I, I, and I love everybody, like, I don't hate anybody, but like some of those people are entrenched in respectability politics and will gladly say, thank you, sir. May I have another crumb? And the <laughs> other ones, you know, I can't really tell if, if their intent is pure or not, you know, because I'm willing to sacrifice money, bookings and opportunity to do the right thing. So for me, you know, this opportunity is really cool and really exciting because not to mention that, you know, it's a queer wrestler getting the opportunity to co-promote, co-produce and co-book a show, but it's a queer wrestler of color. And I think that although we have, you know, your Sunny Kisses, your Nala Roses and your Jake Atlases, I don't think that they really are, um, I think that they, Rather let their actions do the talking, but I think that what really moves the uh, the needle forward is a little bit of both, and I think a little bit more verbal uh, confrontation of an issue is a little bit more effective. And that's like no shade to any of those people, but um, you know, but for me in my career, it's just like you know, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. So with with Butch versus Gore, it's an opportunity for me to like be like, huh. Do we book the same Pride show with the same tired names? Yeah, a couple of them are gonna be there. But like, do we get the opportunity to show you people from the Midwest? You know, from, from different parts of the country, some hidden gems that are in the South and in the Northeast and everything. Because the conversation is is bigger than just a few names. There's, we're, we're reaching potentially hundreds of queer talent in the independent wrestling scene. And I think that people, you know, unfortunately we can't book everybody, you know, but I think that there there needs to be more people at the table than just the same tired group of people. And that's not a knock to anybody, but if we're talking about inclusion, we have to include our own, you know? So um, I was really flattered and it, it was a really nice stamp of approval of the work I've been doing to be asked to, you know, Co-book and co-produce the show. Um, and Gator is, I think, I think with Gator, it's like he understands that like to create change for him as a white cishet male, that, that requires him strategically using his privilege to completely aid um, uh, marginalized groups. So, and having the foresight to go, this isn't a vehicle for me to get over. This isn't a vehicle for me to get this promotion over. This is for this specific goal, which is to run a pride show. And I think to to give that over to wrestling's first ever gay and non-binary booking duo ever, it's pretty fucking cool. No, um, I can completely
0: agree with that. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And, 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 and I think that Gator is, 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 is an underrated ally. And I think that, (laughs) you know, a lot of times, you know, we have conversations and like, sometimes, you know, here's the, here's the thing, you gotta break it down for a motherfucker. And the thing about Gator is that like, he's so willing to listen and so willing to ask questions and so willing to understand. And I think that out of all the promoters I've dealt with, even some queer promoters, I think that he really sticks out as someone who is really intent on having an understanding of the people that he wants to not only employ but represent and empower and i think that that's really really dope
1: yeah he um he he gets it you know uh, i think that's really the the easiest way to put it he really he really gets it he he has a very good grasp on on privilege and he understands a point that a lot of us do not understand. Um, even within, like Billy said, even within the queer community, even within any marginalized community we're part of, where if you are in any kind of position of power, at some point, um, if there's if there's an opportunity, or you know what, actually, no, fuck it, if there's an opportunity, like you have a responsibility at some point to take a step back and create an opportunity for somebody else because um, we can't we can't just act like pulling yourself up like your bootstraps is, is the end all be all when it comes to uh, representation because there are a lot of of gates and barriers that are in place both um on purpose and accidentally and due to ignorance and um no there's a lot of getting the fuck out of the way that absolutely has to happen that a lot of people are completely unwilling to uh to do like once you've you've got your grasp your grasp on something a lot of folks just don't want to let it go so it's it's really really refreshing and it's really different to see somebody willing to just fucking let it go (laughs) yeah
0: yeah do you think
1: that um
0: like gator's example of 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 kind of getting as you said like getting out of the way and letting other people like tell stories from their community and, and kind of increase representation of their community while also being, uh, being able to, to help them do that. Do you think that, that, um, that, the him doing that will serve as an example for other promotions? And you know, like you said, Billy, like there are even some, some queer promoters that don't like approach things in, in a, in a similar way. Um, at, to what Gator has done with y'all and Butch. Oh, for the
2: love of God! I hope that this is like a watershed moment and like a uh, here's the like the the three easy steps: write the check, hire queers, you're done. Because, <laughs> you, you, you know, like okay, in my experience, right? Because like you know, June is my target month to like make my month. <laughs> right it's so fucked up. <laughs> but it's like you know it's like June is where it's like I'm gonna be the most visible. I'm gonna get my most retweets, I'm gonna get my most like that is my window, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of pride shows that were happening this year, 2000, Oh, it's 2020, excuse me. Um, in, in 2019, there were a couple of pride shows that and and, 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 and this also speaks to white gay privilege as well where the figurehead for some of these shows are my peers and friends, that they were pride shows that I looked at the card and there were no gay wrestlers on the card. And then I looked at the card and there was no wrestlers of color. And then I looked at the card and there were no trans wrestlers, no lesbians, no nothing. How is it a pride show if what, one person who's not even a wrestler happens to be queer, that's not pride. And it's great if the proceeds go to an organization. I'm happy that proceeds of pride shows for some are going to good causes. Yeah, for sure. But if you're trying to empower a group of people, I don't know, maybe employ said group of people. Not tell people that, well, you're not good enough. You don't have enough experience to some talent. Well, huh, the talent needs experience. Where can they get experience? I I don't know your fucking show. (laughs) <laughs> Fucking supposed to give the person experience. Like it just—it's a no-brainer. And if you and, and 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 if you have that opportunity that you want to do that, you have to understand that like you have to go all the way out with it. And 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 I think that there are other promotions that, and I want to make sure before I start. Twenty twenty, we're we're we're, we're naming names and we're calling people out. But before I name names, I want to make sure I got the full story right because. My experience may be different, but there's other pride companies that are providing barrier to entry for black wrestlers that are queer in comparison to their white counterparts. And I would really like to see in 2020 for that shit to stop.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And, and I don't believe that, you know, to tell the majority of your black talent, you have to do this one extra thing that requires you to actually pay me in order for me to be on your show. I don't appreciate that when I'm hearing from my white counterparts that they didn't have that obstacle. And it doesn't matter if you're friends with a promoter, it doesn't matter if you're this big name star. If I was a white gay talent, talent and I'm on a and I'm on a show that's supposed to be for uplifting the queer community, but there's this barrier to entry that all the people that got on that show happened to be black had to go through. That's an issue for me. And it's not an issue of not wanting to pay dues or not doing seminars or not like, you know, being humble. No, it's an issue of if you're gonna create a business model, it needs to be fucking equal. And it shouldn't be that the most talented wrestler I know was told to do a seminar before they got to be on the show that's not fair to that talent. Mm-hmm. So allyship comes even inside of the marginalized groups because within our marginalized groups, there is elements of privilege that need to be addressed a hundred percent.
1: I wanna circle back to that point uh, in a minute, Billy, cause yeah, I think that the uh, the whole barriers to entry thing is really important um to also answer your question brian like what kind of effect do you think this is going to have um i'm i am extremely cynical um i do not think that um no matter how successful butch versus gore is and so far we're we're set up for success both in wrestling world and mainstream world um no matter how successful we are, I think that there are so many promotions and promoters out there. And like I said in the last show, I can't even name names because this is a vast fucking majority here. Um, they don't see the value in, in putting, um, queer voices in their office and putting them front and center. And I don't think this is going to necessarily make them see it either because people are still buying, you know, they're, they're still enjoying success. People are still buying their tickets. There are still so many promotions that, you know, I, I see good people, really lovely, respectable people who I really like, um, support who are still doing the bare minimum. And, um, it's 2020. If you haven't gotten hit to, to the needs of the queer community and wrestling by now, then um, then that's intentional. Then you are hip to it and you're, cho- you're actively choosing to ignore it as far as I'm concerned. Um, what I hope the effect is, is I hope that more queer creatives see this and decide that they, say, they wanna say fuck it and create their own opportunities. Um, I would encourage anybody who really wants to give something like this a shot to find Find the right people. Find the right kinds of allies who have uh, the business savvy and the capital to really invest in your dream. And um, that is so much easier said than done. That is so hard. Um, but no, that's the effect that I hope it has. I hope that people decide to say fuck it and start creating their own opportunities, whatever that means means to them, um, or to just barge your way in, shoulder your way in, force your way in. Because if there's anything that that I've learned, it's it's that. Um, Again, people really, they think that fans are going to be happy with the crumbs and there are enough fans who are happy with just the crumbs that I don't think that this is going to change much in uh in mainstream wrestling world very quickly. I just, I hope it, I hope it inspires other people to say, fuck this, I'm going in anyways. <laughs>
0: So I want to double back to something that, that, that Billy said earlier, like basically about how June is basically like your money month there. I know that the show is being run in March and I know Lolo <laughs> last spoke of, that was a very calculated thing. And I know Gator confirmed that as well. When I spoke to him, um, I'm curious Billy to get your take on like running the show in March and um, like kind of what played into that decision
2: as far as the I didn't pick when the show was but I think hmm. that um that it now being in June sends a very powerful message because Pride Month now versus even five years ago right it's a totally different animal it's a beast it's an it, it's an economy at this point Pride is now mm-hmm. an economy and um you know to have a show that's not in June really says that you believe that this talent is valid because guess what in March you're not going to see rainbows everywhere you're not going to see you know the cast of pose in more commercials than you would have seen in June you're not going to see you know viral marketing campaigns you're not going to be bombarded with rainbow imagery you're just not in March so that's really putting the point home that these talent that we have uh they can not only draw they can excel they can perform they can give you quality entertainment any month of the year in fact march boom you know and and and, and i think that for a business move you're like okay if you're like a new promoter and you're not sure and it cannot necessarily mean that you are homophobic or queer phobic or whatever, but you know, you take the chance. You're like, okay, let me try this in June. We've had enough pride shows in the past three years that you know that it's going to draw in June. All right. Now I'll take the chance and be like, okay, not only should you book queer talent year round, but if you're going to do a pride show, fuck June, do it somewhere else or do one show another month and another show in June. Why not? Mm-hmm. So I, a it's a really, it's a really empowering message that it's not happening in June.
1: Um, I will say, from a business standpoint, we we chose March for well, one because it. Looking at all of our shows and what kind of overall um, story we wanted to tell this year, um, it just it fit it fit perfectly because um, it's the it's the beginning of the year. We wanted to get out. We wanted to get out ahead of everybody else. Um, Butch versus Gore. I am. sure is going to be the very first pride show of 2020, um, from a company that isn't explicitly, um, already a, a pride based company. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to get out ahead of, ahead of everybody else and do it first. And, um, you know, that way, hopefully like, you know what, maybe the cynic in me is wrong and some of these other mainstream promotion, not mainstream, but, um, I don't know, other indie promotions that are not run by queer people will say, okay, you know what, fuck it, we do, we do need to to change our ways. Um, you know, we look at years very linear, linearly. Everybody has their their goals set at the very beginning, and a lot of those goals tend to change by the end. So who knows, maybe in uh, next October, November, December, we'll start to see some, uh, some more pride shows popping up. I really hope so, but I wanted to get out ahead of everybody else and say that we did it first, and so we will do it first.
0: <laughs> I can't I can't blame you for that. Like that's honestly I think running shows outside of Pride month are is honestly the best route to go now cuz like like you said Billy everybody knows you can draw during Pride month with with a queer focused show but being able to showcase these these talents that are good enough to be in that ring and around that ring not just because of the marginalized community that they belong to, but because of their overall talent. Like that's that's the real message I, I feel like is being sent by having the show not just held outside of Marshall of being held at all. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess my last question for you, what what's what is exciting y'all the most about putting the show together and just kind of seeing it play out um in front of the fans so
1: far? Ohoh, Billy, you go first uh, huh.
2: there's a lot of crazy shit that's gonna happen on this show <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> what i what I'm looking the most forward to, like okay as a as a wrestler, the best feeling is your idea getting the desired reaction. so like that's number one. number two is I think that the talent featured on this show are gonna be featured in scenarios that they normally wouldn't be featured in, but also that are gonna set them up for success. Um, um, I think that there's very interesting combinations. I think that there is very uh, intentional messages sent in some of these matches. And I think that what I really wanted to do was have, and and, and Lolo was with me every step of the way, um with discussing like this talent versus this talent but like the diversity of gender expression um this card uh, is hot <laughs> race you know wrestling style you know there's going to be comedy there's going to be there is one match where people are going to beat the living shit out of each other and it's an <laughs> intergender match and i'm so there's two intergender matches that i'm pretty sure there may be a bloody nose or four <laughs> um, And then there's gonna be an exciting tag match and, 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 and the match I'm involved in is literally gonna be insane. Um, and, like, and then there's surprises that we can't get into. Really cool, amazing surprises. But uh, what I want people to feel is that like, wow, like there's a community of wrestlers, they're all queer and they are capable of doing more than gay panic. Mm -hmm. You know, gay panic gimmicks, we are leaving that in the last decade. That is, for a lot of reasons, gay panic in wrestling needs to be dead. And it is my intention with this show that none of these gimmicks are gay panic, and that we leave that in the past where it should have been in like 2000. So, um, The show is really about the strength and the diversity and the many different talents of this community coming together and not giving you a a pride show. This is, you know, it's a pride show, but it's just, this is, this is, I, I want this to be like an explosion of the queer imagination. You know, this is wrestling when people who are great artists are just given the paintbrushes and the tools and left to their own devices. And they all happen to be queer. And imagine a world where queer people are just left to do whatever the fuck they want
1: with no handcuffs. And that's what I want. Beautiful. Billy, you, you are a uh, an explosion of queer imagination yourself. So. Thank you. You are the, uh... <laughs> um, something, you know, with, with Primetime Pro Wrestling, our goal as a company from the very beginning was to bring in as many people who are brand new to wrestling, who'd never been to a show as possible. Um, And not just bring them in for the spectacle, but to get them to really engage with the wrestling community and to create something in DC that just had never um, had the opportunity to exist before. Um, I, you know, I, myself, I didn't have the, the strength really to, take a long honest look and engage with my own gender identity until I have the support of my professional wrestling community um, behind me. And so I really am hoping that there are people who are, are queer um, who exist in the fringes in any way, whether that's within queerness or not, to come to the show maybe as a as a friend of a friend, someone who's not already a wrestling fan, and go, Oh my gosh, this is an, this is just another way that um we can continue to build a big, weird, beautiful, queer community. Uh wrestling is an amazing vehicle for that. Every single show always feels like a family reunion, not just for the locker room, but for our fans. We've got a, we have a really close knit group. And I don't think that that's particularly unique to professional wrestling, but, um, I, I don't want it to, to be just a little tiny micro community. I want it to be something for, for everybody. Um, I want people to build friendships and relationships out of this community. And I want it to be because of a wrestling that does this. Um, and so that's what I'm looking forward to. We are taking a lot of initiatives. Um, I'm looking at a lot of um, community organizations in DC that have nothing to do with wrestling, everything to do with with queerness and gender. And um, hey, you are you have this this nonprofit. You here's here's a few tickets. Please come check us out. Um, see see what this is all about. Um, that's that was something really really important to me in the budget was to be able to bring in people who might not otherwise have maybe even the means to Um, there's this is a bit of a tangent but I know that there is a there's a fan group that's starting in the DC area to support all of the promotions in the DC area who really want to make sure that um, if a fan can't afford a ticket they're gonna get them in the door too but um yeah no I just I want new I want new faces at wrestling shows. I want this to be an opportunity for people who have otherwise existed on the fringes to be able to come and engage in something that they probably thought was not for them. Cause it is for them it's for we We say it a lot, but it's true. Wrestling is for everybody
0: as well. It should be. Well, Billy Lolo, I appreciate you so much for taking the time out today to to speak with me about this. And I think like a lot of other people, I am definitely looking forward to the show. <laughs> It's
1: going to be fun and weird and good and beautiful.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. So excited for everyone to check out Butch versus Gore presented by Primetime Pro Wrestling March 7th at the DC Brow in Washington, DC. Can't wait to see you there.
0: Honestly, I relish any chance I get to speak with either of them. Both are outstanding and. If you are in the D.C. area or want to visit the D.C. area on March 7th for that show, um, I I can't imagine that you could be any more excited right now, at least until we get some talent announcements for the show. Primetime Pro Wrestling's Butch vs. Gore uh, is shaping up to be a pretty awesome show, if I can say so myself. So thanks to, to Billy and Lolo for stopping by here. But we have other business to attend to the qwi 25 for 2019 the top 25 queer pro wrestlers uh, for the year um and like i said before this list is not ranked at all so as we run through this 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 is just the top the best 25 that i saw for the year and that's not to say that there are a number of others that deserve to be on this list you know I know some people that that didn't make it but it were very close for me personally people like Chris Wolf, who retired earlier this year to a, a good lengthy career over in uh, Japan you had um, you know Caden Pierre Ashton Starr a good, a lot of great pro wrestling out there from from a lot of awesome queer talent um, but for the, for the list that we have here, we're going to start off across the pond, actually with, uh, New Zealand's own Candy Lee. Uh, so 2019 was a huge year for Candy. Um, she made her U.S. debut over at, uh, Rise during their Pride and Joy show back in June, um, wrestled a couple matches there made her shimmer debut in a dark match against, uh, Jamie Senegal, which is outstanding. And of course closed out the year by reclaiming her impact pro wrestling, New Zealand women's championship, um, in December in a hard fought, uh, rematch against Kellyanne. So and it was a huge year for candy in terms of expanding out, um, uh, from New Zealand and, um, Duly recognized here on the list, and of course, following her as the, the person that that she fought not only at Shimmer but also uh, for for Rise at La Calera in a superb uh, as they coined a divas match that that anyone should go back and watch. It was it was a fun time all around. One uh, Jamie Senegal. Uh, Jamie. I know it's been lighting it up on indies all along the East Coast and in the Midwest. Um, you know, they recently announced that they're running um, a show on WrestleMania weekend that's going to be pretty awesome, but, but it's all around an awesome year for Jamie. Like, honestly, it's hard to find a match or a performance or, or anything that they've done that doesn't exceed expectations, and they're one of my favorite people to watch right now. Um, and once again, I'll take this opportunity to go find that, that match between Candy Lee and Jamie Senegal. It is worth your time. Um, moving on, though, number three on the list someone who we just spoke with, Billy Dixon. <laughs> um, Billy has had a, an awesome year in, in primetime pro wrestling mainly, um, but you know. I think Billy's openness about the scene also plays into his spot on this list and his openness about the issues with the scene and his continued um, advocacy, not just for for queer talent as a whole, but for queer black talent, queer people of color um, within the industry. And, and I think that he deserves a spot on this list for that, but couple that along with his in-ring... Uh, work and and it's hard to argue. I mean, there's no argument. It belongs here. We'll see if he survives the Capital Heights match on January 18th. <laughs> but but all around, like awesome year from Billy there. Uh, next on the list is going to be Cassius, uh, wrestler out of the UK, um, the current Pride of Riptide uh, champion over there. Cassius um, has been on my radar for a little while and. He's still on the come-up a bit over there, especially as the British indie scene has taken some blows this year, thanks to uh, WWE um, kind of co-opting and centralizing a lot of the, the indie talent over there. Um, but Cassius has been a, a huge bright spot over there this year. Um not just for his reign as the pride of Riptide champion, but he's just a big ball of energy in in the ring. and It's hard to not have fun watching him. Like He could turn any frown upside down watching his stuff. So duly honored here, Cassius. Uh, number five is going to be Anthony Bowens, the five tool player. It's been an interesting journey for, for Bowens. I know, um, within the past couple of years that he came out as, as bi and then actually came out as gay. Uh, And, you know, that path to self discovery is awesome in and of itself that, that he's finally able to live out freely um, as he, as he knows himself to be, but also a lot of firsts this year for, for Bowens in the wrestling world. You know, we had him, he, Became the first ever Battle Club Pro franchise champion. Um, he did, competed in many firsts. I know he just finished up a, a nice little ru- uh, tour of Alaska, where he had like the first ladder match in in, in the history of uh, Ala- pro wrestling in Alaska. Um, and he's just been he's just been blowing up this year. Um, his match with Tessa Blanchard at Battle Club Pro's. Um, Anything-you-can-do event was uh, top-notch as well. Like, I, I'd say that might be the one to seek out right now if that's if you're looking for an Anthony Bowens match that kind of defines the year that he had. Um, number six is going to be Ashley Vox, uh, one half of Team C-Stars, who honestly put on one of my favorite matches of the year at, in the main event of that Battle Club Pro uh, anything-you-can-do event where they took on uh, Santana and Ortiz before they moved on to the spotlight of AEW. Um, Vox has been all over the place this year. I know, you know she won uh, the Shimmer Tag Team titles alongside her uh, partner Delmi XO. Um, a lot of matches for Rise over there as well. And then, of course, popping up on NWA. Um, as part of their women's division. And honestly, like she's been in a vital part of, of that promotion's women's division so far. And hopefully it'll stay that way going into the future. And yeah, it's just been awesome to watch her grow over the, over the years. So definitely belongs on this list. Next up um, is an interesting one for me, Jack Sexsmith, uh, the pansexual playboy, another British wrestler who unfortunately uh, was forced to retire due to injury this year, um, but I, uh, he's on the list mainly because, one, he deserves to be here for the stuff that, for his work before his retirement Um his unfortunate retirement, but he's also continued working in pro wrestling at post-retirement. I know I've seen him pop up and do commentary here and there, but but is no, a is a Sexsmith is a man who really pushed LGBT representation, specifically pansexual representation, um, in the UK scene on on a larger scale, I'd say. Um than other people. So that's worthy of honor alone. Um, but yeah, he belongs on this list. Definitely. Um, next up is th- the self-proclaimed genderless wrestler Oscar uh, from Japan. Oscar, they've had not necessarily as, as successful of years as they as previous. In 2019, I know um, they didn't really win too many championships outside of the DDT Heavy Metal weight um, 24/7. However, many other names you want to throw on that title belt, the a few times this year. But even without winning gold, like Asuka still had an amazing year just in terms of some of the the stuff they got to do. I know they they wrestled a lot with Marvelous, a lot of uh, Pro Wrestling Wave over there. A lot of DDT, probably most notably DDT, but of course, ending the year tagging up with Nyla Rose for the for Marvelous's event on December eighth um, had to be a highlight there. So Oscar um, just continues to kill it over there, and hopefully, crossing fingers will one one day get them across the pond over here, and we'll get to see them live in the states. Hmm. Next up, we're going back to across the other (laughs) pond to the UK for one Charlie Morgan, another um, unfortunate case of early retirement here. Morgan retired this year due to uh, a leg injury, but up until then, had just been killing it on the UK scene. Um, Few people are as revered within the the women's wrestling scene over there. Than Charlie Morgan was up until um, she had to retire this year, and you know I think her impact is felt in multiple places over there. Probably most notably, Pro Wrestling Eve, where she actually publicly came out in the ring (laughs) during a Pro Wrestling Eve event in 2018. Um, So yeah, it's 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 sad to see her go, but there's a legacy there that will. Carry on for years to come. Um, next up on the list is going to be a newcomer, probably one of the hottest newcomers on the American indie scene right now, Devin Monroe. So, Devin came on my radar like a number of other queer wrestlers this year, uh, thanks to Rise's Pride and Joy event where he was competing alongside five other people in a doors match that was super exciting. But since then I've been watching his stuff through the year and he's only 20 and he is already so good, but he's only gotten better as the year went along. Um, yeah, it's just been crazy to to see him continue to grow in the ring at such a fast pace. And then of course showing up at the TLC pay-per-view to take a, uh, fun little kendo stick shot from one Roman Reigns, that, that had to be a, a little bit of a highlight there. But yeah, no, Devin, like, he's probably one of the, I'd say he's near the top of the list of stars to watch for 2020, along with having an, an awesome 2019. Um, and another person who I think is going to have a pretty awesome 2020, uh, Still Life with Apricots and Pears. Um, more non-binary representation in pro wrestling—so awesome to see, especially from someone who has the the charisma and affect that Still Life does. You know, Still Life—they won uh, the Chikara Young Lions Cup um, and had a pretty awesome run of of matches in Chikara's latest season. But you know, Still Life's done a lot of awesome stuff for other companies as well. Not to mention having probably the single best segment on Locker Room Detectives of the Year, uh, taking Mark and Chris around DC. (laughs) This is outstanding stuff. So, still life duly placed on this list. Um, Next up, a legend. A legend in pro wrestling, um, Cassandro. Um, probably the, one of the most well-known exóticos out of Mexico, probably alongside Pimpinela Escarlata. Um, Casandro, believe 2019 was his 31st year in the ring, and he's still killing it. You know, his match with Mercedes Martinez at, at Rise Pride and Joy was you know, a sight to see, especially considering that Cassandro has been around as as long as he has, and you know, honestly. he he slowed down obviously a little bit in 2019 but still so good and and I think given a lot of the the respect that is due to him for the kind of career that he's had this list a small on that list of honors I would weigh against other things that he has done but I could not let 2019 go by without shouting him out um not just for in-ring stuff, but the, the ability to bring people together and the ability to you know, just be an awesome role model um, for wrestlers and non-wrestlers alike. No one doesn't have fun at a Cassandra match. Um, next up on the list is someone who until very recently held the NXT Women's Championship, one Shayna Baszler. Um, the Queen of Spades had a banner year. Um, in 2019. Basically holding that belt nearly the entire length of the year, losing it to Rhea Ripley on December 15th. Um, but in the process of defending that title, had some of the best matches on NXT television and NXT TakeOver events. Um, just all around knocked it out of the park every time she entered the ring. One of my favorites to watch... Um, and main, and even if the match wasn't as as good as as some people expected she's still main evented survivor series alongside Becky Lynch and Bayley like like this this is like probably the the highest heights that Baszler has reached in her career thus far and you know with an imminent move to either Raw or SmackDown probably coming in her future after dropping the belt to Ripley um you know cross fingers that the character and herself can can find footing on the quote-unquote main roster going forward, but you know at least we have Baszler's 2019 to celebrate and look back on and realize just what she is capable of in the ring. Just all-around outstanding. Um, coming up next, we're going back to fun non-binary representation. Sophie King. Um, Sophie. I was not terribly familiar with until about halfway through this year, um, but quickly jumped on that bandwagon once I was. Um, Sophie has been awesome, wrestling all over the Midwest. You know, a lot of a lot of matches with St. Louis Anarchy, um, Rise, and then of course making their debut with Shimmer in a dark match um, in November. Um, just it's been a year of. Career highlights for Sophie in a lot of ways, and I think it's just shaping up to be even better for 2020 for them. You know, their their name is on a lot of tongues recently, so I think the Heck Boy is gonna have a lot more uh, advancement coming up in the in the coming year, um, as well as our next person, Alley Cat. Alley Cat um, is. I don't know if there's any person that I watch in the ring that is having more fun themselves just playing their character in matches than Alley Cat is at the moment. Um and that fun translates through through the screen. Like I I feel that in me and, and because of that it makes me want to watch Allie, all of Allie's matches. Um you know, whether it's Uncanny Attractions or Battle Club Pro or any of the other numerous indies that, that Ali has wrestled for. Um, it's always fun seeing that kid get out there and, and mix it up with whoever might be challenging her. So next on the list, we're going back to WWE um, to recognize one Sonya Deville. Um, of course, Sonya has been in the company for a while now, along with her uh, tag team partner, Mandy Rose. And uh, I think she's taken a lot of, of opportunities to you know, subtly highlight her sexuality and subtly highlight her her community on WWE television, most notably at WrestleMania. You know, I think every WrestleMania for the past two or three years, she's had a rainbow somewhere just kind of like. Showing that solidarity, even if it's not um, super proclaimed. Um, Sonya has steadily gotten better in the ring. Um, they, I know that the uh, the women's tag team title match at WrestleMania this year didn't go her way, but you know, Sonya has been awesome for widespread wide representation, especially being included on the Total Divas reality show that is kind of you know, for, for all the complaints that we have with WWE, and trust me uh, there are many complaints with WWE, especially this week, um, after the whole Liv Morgan, and Lana Bobby Lashley wedding bullshit that was um, which you can read about my feelings at Elspers.com. Um with all of that aside, like, Sonya has been outstanding for the community and for, you know, young people within that community that watch WWE and can see someone succeeding that identifies as they do. Someone that they see themselves in and it warms the heart. Next on the list, um, none of a kind Anthony Gaines. Um this, this dude has been knocking it out of the park all throughout New York and the New England area this year. Um, I think he's one of the, the um, LGBTQ wrestlers that is flown under the radar a little bit here and there, but honestly, his in-ring is outstanding. His character work is, is awesome. I thoroughly enjoy watching all of his stuff with Empire State Wrestling. um and Upstate Pro, um, it's, he's been a treat to discover this year, and, and I am kind of bummed out that I didn't really, um, know about him until this year, because, you know, some of his stuff in 2018 was amazing as well, I, I think the GIF is still up on his Twitter account of him getting launched out of the ring by AC Romero, <laughs> um, which, honestly, that's a, that's a sight to behold off a of pounce there, um, but no, Gaines, I think he set up nice to have a uh, much larger presence in 2020. And I, I hope he does because he is outstanding to watch. And I definitely suggest people seek out his stuff. Um, there's a lot of Empire State stuff on YouTube that you can find. Um, it's worth, worth, the, worth the dive, I would say. Um, next on the list uh paro from uh, one half of the end um a tag team that is was uh, featured in all japan pro wrestling's uh, real world tag league this year um didn't bring home the trophy but that's okay they had an awesome perform uh, awesome performance out there but paro has been popping up in a bunch of different places um and is always he's a fun follow on Twitter. He's he's fun to watch in the ring. He's just a giant bruiser, um, strong man with a heart of gold. At the end of the day, um, don't I mean trust me? Like in the ring, you would, you might not know that, but Perro is outstanding to watch. I I I always I think I circle back to his match against Effie and Mayhem on Mills uh, in Florida that. The street fights that they had like lived up to the hype. I know I had to wait a little while to watch it for them for the, for the match to get posted, but I delivered. But Pero has been outstanding to watch this year, alongside Odinson, um, and then of course just his interactions with, with Will Osprey during uh, <laughs> during his tour uh, for the Real World Tag League. That was. One of the more entertaining uh, Twitter moments, I would say, of the year for me personally. So, no, no, Pero, top notch. Love watching his stuff um, in 2019. Next up on the list, I think two people that kind of go together in this: uh, Kiera Hogan and Diamante. Uh, of course, one of the one of the largest stories in in queer pro wrestling this year was Kiera Hogan coming out alongside Diamante and announcing their relationship together back in June. Um, Of course, Kiara coming out with her own um, Instagram post to coming out as LGBTQ as well. Uh, But the the outpouring of support and love that the community has shown them following that and then to see Impact get behind Kiara in the way that they have um, to promote her voice in the advocacy field for, for LGBTQ um, communities, most notably LGBTQ youth um, during Bound for Glory weekend was awesome to see. And Diamante was showing up there as well um, for that last talk at the sitter at Halstead. It was awesome to see. And then of course, you jump back to the in-ring. Like They had an awesome match against one another at Ladies Night Out. They had another awesome match against one another at at WrestleCade, um, and then you move that into them teaming together for for WOW Women of Wrestling as Adrenaline and Fire, um, capturing the WOW Tag Team Championships, becoming the first out LGBTQ couple to reign as tag team champions for for a promotion like that. Like it's just been just they've set a bar and they've topped it and they just keep topping it one after another, after another, both of them together and separately. Diamante has been killing it on the indie scene as well. Um, So yeah, both of them deserve celebration separately and collectively um, just for all of the brightness that they've brought in the past six months. Next up, one Nyla Rose, so <laughs> Nyla, fresh off of her suspension after powerbombing Rick Knox through a table to cap off her AEW 2019, um, came back last night and killed it once again uh, for um, on AEW Dynamite. But it's been a banner year for Nyla in a lot of ways. You know, she's been plying her craft in Japan along the Atlantic coast for the longest time but 2019 was a year of historic moments for her you know being the first you know being the first trans woman signed to a major american promotion um, winning the uh, the women's battle royale at All Out and then going on to to challenge for the AEW Women's World Championship to become the first champion um, against Riho like it's been awesome to watch her continue to grow in the ring and to see this, this person that was already as good as she is receive due recognition for the work that she has done and just how awesome she continues to be next up on the list we have MV Young The American Attraction <laughs> the leader of the poly cult. Polymania running strong. Now MV um has been is another person that wasn't really on my radar until twenty nineteen and boy did he bust through that radar. I mean, not only has he had awesome matches this year against the likes of like Funny Bone, Ken Cassidy, uh, Alley Cat, you know, but He's also been doing it behind the scenes as well. You know, he's one third of the the minds behind Uncanny Attractions, which arguably is some of the most uh, I, some of the shows that are pushing pro wrestling, um, pushing the boundaries of pro wrestling the the most in 2019. Um, in a way that I is is so refreshing to see, um, and it makes me excited for what they are going to do down in Tampa with their event um, on WrestleMania weekend, um, but. No, uh, M.V. himself, though, for everything from being able to cultivate his fan base to to kind of engage and normalize uh, polyamory in in the way that he has online with this poly cult movement, um, to even like reading and some <laughs> reading fan fiction about himself in wrestling matches <laughs> it's just he's just been all around outstanding to watch and and I uh I know that I'm kind of say reiterating a lot of things here but he's I, I want to see what he has in store for 2020 I think it's going to be some big things in store in 2020 for MV Young um much like another person on this list, Sonny Kiss and AEW. Sonny Kiss probably had one of the most emotionally touching moments in pro wrestling for me this year after his debut, his singles debut um, at AEW's Fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville, where you know, after defeating Peter Avalon in that match and receiving the, the fan response that he did, like you saw the, the emotion come out in his face and the tears. 'Cause he's been at this for a while. Like he' he has been working the new New England and the Atlantic Coast for, for a while to get better in the ring and and get himself to the level where AEW recognized the talent there, all of the talent there, and earned that contract. And Sonny I think more so than a than than other people on this list has reached out to a number of people in the queer community that, you know, pro wrestling was not on, like, nowhere within their their eyesight in 2019. I know my partner, KC, like, sunniest, as soon as they saw Sunny Kess, like, boom. Something clicked. Sunny Kiss immediately became one of their favorite wrestlers, probably the, their favorite wrestler. And they immediately showed Sunny Kiss's matches to like their queer friends as well, who do not watch pro wrestling at all. And like so, like through Sunny Kiss, a lot of this this movement is starting to reach out to more people. Just from not, I mean, he had other matches that have been outstanding. I think tacking up with Dustin Rhodes on AEW Dark was another highlight, I think, uh, for the year for him. But just from that one match at Fight for the Fallen against Peter Avalon, like you, I've personally seen a number of people recognize what queer pro wrestling can deliver and the power that it can carry. So, yeah, Sonny, keep no, keep knocking it out of the park. Congrats on passing finals, by the way. <laughs> um, still working on, on that degree while competing in the ring. Just uh, a full docket for Sonny Kiss. Um, another person who's about to have a full docket is one Jake Atlas. Um, still haven't got confirmation about that signing with WWE, but all things are kind of pointing that direction right now. But putting that aside, that's not even that does that is not even necessarily part of Jake Atlas's twenty the story of Jake Atlas is twenty nineteen. Atlas, you know, made his pro wrestling gorilla debut this year, and just launched. Into like mainstream indie fandom for a lot of people, and in that, and, and in doing so, really started highlighting a lot of the uh, the tenets of the LGBTQ+ per wrestling movement. And I know that 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 Jake, um, as Billy said earlier in our interview, like let's tries to let his his actions speak more, um. Than anything else, but you know, he's done a lot of advocacy work while also pushing uh, pushing back just a little bit on the idea of being coined as a as a gay wrestler as opposed to just a wrestler. And I and I understand that because at the end of the day, you want to be recognized for your craft more so than how you identify. You want to earn that spot for that reason. But I think Jake has bridged that gap very very well. Being able to, to represent his community in and out of the ring. Um, maybe not the most vocally, but he still has proven a, a figure for, for LGBTQ fans to look up to and to um, aspire to be. Um, especially coming back from a broken neck to continue doing what he's doing in the ring at such a high level. like He's probably the, the best in-ring person, uh, performer on this list. I would say. Um, and, you know, whether he is going to WWE or whether something falls through or that doesn't happen, like, he'll land on his feet and he'll continue to be revered um, throughout the pro wrestling world, not just the LGBTQ pro wrestling world. Um, if I had to make any match suggestion, Tessa Blanchard, Jack Atlas, Tessa Blanchard anywhere is outstanding to watch. Um, his, la- his last match in PWG against Jungle Boy also. Is a highlight, I think. Um, so, yeah, definitely continue checking out the, the purveyor of the LGBTDT, <laughs> Mr. Jake Atlas. Um, that is 24 down, and I. This always ends up this way. I did not mean for, for Effie to be the last one <laughs> that I talk about on this list, um, but it turns out Effie is the final member of the QWI 25 for 2019. Effie, what can anyone say to try and encompass what Effie has done on the scene this year? From blistering podcast interviews to blistering in-ring promos to probably the most entertaining um, series of Twitter promos building up matches to delivering in almost every single match that he... Hypes up in said promos, Effie um, is a is a force of culture at this point for for LGBTQ pro wrestling for queer pro wrestling. Um, Effie, you know, there's a reason why a number of guests on this show have either cited Effie's promo at Pride and Joy or. Know highlighted their matches with Effie. Um, I know for me, Effie, Billy Dixon at Diva Mania, the big gay street fight, that entire storyline, the match itself is great, but the storyline itself, um, talking about, you know, gay white privilege and gay black erasure, um, queer black erasure in general, like Effie's been a part of a lot of things this year that have pushed what pro wrestling can be overall and really pushed the boundary of acceptance and for queer pro wrestling as well. I mean, everyone on this list has done that, but Effie is one that has had the, the platform to push the hardest in a lot of ways. And some of that is because of the platform that he has built for himself. But, you know, he's he's definitely been pulling people along with him. Um, and, of course, 2020, you know, Effie's not slowing down. <laughs> Daddy is going nowhere, especially with uh, his big gay brunch on the horizon down in Tampa. So. so there's no better way to close out the first QWI for LGBT in the ring than to highlight Effie. So congrats to the, the first members of the QWI 25. Uh, 2019's list is stellar. And I expect similar things for 2020. I also expect to see some new names on this list for 2020. And honestly, that's, that's all I could ask for because the more new names, it means the more we are getting out there, the more that we are pushing ourselves for acceptance in this industry. And with that, I think we can call that a show, right? Yeah. That would be the most that I've talked by myself on a show for a while. Um, anyway, thank you one and all for, for tuning into LGBT in the ring once again this week. My thanks once again to Billy Dixon and Lolo McGrath, of you can follow them on Twitter, uh, At the Billy Dixon and at Hellbender Low. Um, And of course, we can't get out of here without thanking uh, Daniel Quasar for the Progress Pride flag design that we use in our logo here. The Progress Pride flag design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. Find out more at Quasar.digital. And of course, Sarah the Safe Word for producing our. Awesome theme song for me, the 666. That's off of the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them at STSW Band on Twitter, and you can check out their music on Spotify and Bandcamp at SarahInTheSafeWord.bandcamp.com. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at wonderboyotm. Follow the show on Twitter at LGBT Ring Pod. And if you're into video games, so once again, I host a video game news podcast called the Mr. Video Game Super Show every Monday at 8 Eastern, uh, 5 Pacific. That is uh, something very fun that I do with uh, a couple of awesome Twitch streamers, Slacker Kite and Lady Marilyn. We just had our Game of the Year slash Game of the Decade show this past week, and uh, it is two hours of gold. I, I absolutely love um, doing that show with them. Um, and then, of course, other shows that uh, that I thoroughly enjoy doing or not doing, everything on the Outsports Radio Network. Um, 2020, the first... 2020, I think, is going to be an awesome year for, for the network as a whole. Um, 2019, just having the opportunity to do this show and to watch all the other shows kind of... Um, do their, their thing was great to see. And I think we've built an awesome foundation for what we want to do with these shows going into 2020. Um, yeah, I like so many other people that we've talked about today on the, on the QWI 25 or, uh, you know, Billy and Lolo or, or just, All of you great listeners, we all have great things that we're going to do in 2020, and we're going to do them all together, and we're going to celebrate each other's accomplishments, and it's going to be fucking outstanding. (sighs) But, in order to to do that, we have to get going and get to it. So we will get going for this week here at LGBT in the Ring. I have been your host, Brian Bell. Thank you all lovelies. For joining me today. And y'all have a great time out there stay messy. Everybody are ready to die.
1: Everybody was ready, 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 ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She need to deal with the demon call so a love and lips. But the mood is that the devil is job. Dig is the pull-less 666.